0: From the Oxano Podcast Network, welcome to My Ministry Breakthrough, hosted by me, Brian Rose. This podcast is all about pastors sharing unfiltered stories of moments large and small, of times when the fog of ministry chaos clears and breakthrough clarity
1: happens. I think it starts with just our, just our theology. I think we've just sort of brought God down to this domesticated state that's tame and understandable and controllable. And I think guys are bored to a certain extent, and that is a far cry from the nature of our God. And so I think when when guys begin to see God for who he is, or just a, a greater glimpse of that, I think that's what stirs them.
0: My guest in this episode is Brady Cooper. Brady is senior pastor of New Vision Baptist Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Murfreesboro is a fast-growing city just outside of Nashville, and the church has experienced rapid growth over the last 15 years. So one of the breakthrough moments Brady and I talk about is really, really, how do you fight complacency? How do you stay hungry evangelistically, even as everything tracks up and to the right as a church? New Vision baptized almost 550 people last year, and Brady talks about the heart behind keeping that fire burning uh, for reaching people. We also talk about how do you live out the core values that shape church culture. One of New Vision's values is pretty controversial. It's challenging men. And so we talk about what does that look like uh, as a church to have a value that really speaks to reaching men uh, where they are, how that gets demonstrated among the staff, uh, you'll be interested to hear how they disciple uh, men as a staff and how they hold each other accountable for that. One other breakthrough moment we discuss really is uh, just comes out of the transparency that really marks uh, Brady's ministry, uh, and that is keeping your family healthy. Uh, sometimes a growing church uh, can produce an unhealthy family. The demands of pastoring and leading Uh, at a high level. And so we talk about what what does it look like to have a healthy family? How do you get help? Uh, How do you even ask for counseling uh, as a senior pastor? And most importantly, how do you stay connected to your wife on a regular basis? Full disclosure, New Vision is also my home church. So lean in, listen up to my ministry breakthrough with Brady Cooper, senior pastor at New Vision Baptist Church Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Well, thanks for taking some time today to uh, talk about some breakthrough, talk about some challenges, and maybe encourage some pastors along the way. Can you give us a snapshot of New Vision, about a three-minute snapshot, maybe even a little bit of your story coming here?
1: Yeah, New Vision is in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, right in the center of the state in a real fast-growing community um, right outside of Nashville, so we've seen a lot of growth here. It's interesting, I grew up about a mile and a half from this church, so um, this is my hometown, which is super cool. Um, I was here right out of college doing youth ministries, just myself and the pastor, and I uh, went away to, a, to another church and, and then came back here, been back here for almost uh, 15 years now. Mm-hmm. So it's been, uh, you know, it's had its challenges, but it's been, uh, I, I tell people the ride of my life, i, I I didn't want to come back here because I was anxious about coming back and pastoring a church uh, in my hometown. That kind of had some issues. I'm trying to run from my high school days, you know. What yeah, I mean. so, yeah.
0: We've and, been redeemed from some things. We don't need somebody else to bring right, back up. Forgetting right? what is
1: behind. Yes, and we really right. working on that. Yeah. But it's been good, you know. When we were we were here, three, four hundred people, and you know what God has done over the last fifteen years has been. Really, really exciting and really cool. So on a a weekend for us, 5,000 people is probably a good weekend uh, for us. So it's uh, that's been an exciting journey. And multiple campuses. You launched the Buchanan campus how long ago? Two years ago almost now? Yeah, we've had a campus that's only about 15 minutes away. But two years ago, and and yeah, it's going really well. I mean, they'll have 450 folks there on a weekend, but what we saw from that, what's so neat is so many of our people that sometimes, it's a struggle that we have here. Some people really getting connected to what's going on in ministry. A lot of those folks, several hundred of them went out there, and folks that maybe hadn't really got connected here in serving really took great leadership roles, and so that was a huge win.
0: What was the difference maker in you know being here, not really being plugged in, connected, and serving, but then all of a sudden in that context what do you, what do you see from your chair being a difference maker in that that's a great question
1: and i think there's probably two things multiple things i'm sure number one i, I think in the life and the heart of every believer there's a desire to make a difference at some level i believe that so it was yeah. just giving them an opportunity yeah. to do that on the ground level so i think they like secondly i think the the guy that we sent out as a campus pastor was he was doing men's ministry here He's just got relational skills that are off the chart. People loved him. And so, so many of those folks went not because of proximity, not necessarily because they lived in that community. They really were connected to, to Brad relationally. And so I think that, that helped us really a ton.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes too, realizing that for things to get done, I'm going to have to help do it. Yeah. And when you're in a large church, it kind of uh, feels like a machine that runs on its own sometimes. And you're in a new setting. Um, yeah, everybody looks around and says, well, if, if we're not going to do it, nobody else is going to do it. And, yeah. you know, sometimes that plays into it. How much, how much do you sense that? Or was that, you know,
1: I think that's right. Yeah. I, I think that's right. That's well said. And what we struggle with is, you know, a lot of folks, we just got out of a meeting talking about it is just next step for our people. You know, how do I get involved in the next step? That's the work that we have yeah. to do. There was kind of an easy ask for those folks to really right. know what they were to do. So they, yeah. they kind of jumped on it. So,
0: and sometimes we, we overcreate things for people to do without really thinking of it as a true next step in their growth. right? Yeah. So I love that you guys are wrestling with that question of next step. I think that's what so we see successful churches do is they, they're always kind of thinking about yes. the next step. Everyone has a next step. You have a next step as a senior pastor. I have a next step right. um, in my roles and everything I do as a dad and parent
1: yeah and I think quickly people want to be involved on the front end of something. I think they like that. yeah, yeah. And secondly, I mean, I mean, new vision, there's tons larger churches than we are. I mean, you know, it's all relative, but people like, I mean they're they like you know, a bit more intimacy, I think. and mm-hmm. so I think that was appealing to a segment of folks. Yeah. so
0: that's good. Hey, what 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 is it like coming back? Let's talk about that um, story of this was where you were right out of college, right? Mm-hmm. First yeah. ministry, yeah. like roll out of college. Then coming back as a senior pastor, you said you weren't really sure. Was it just because it was your hometown, or was it also you know a church that?
1: Yeah, well, it was my hometown, and that maybe had a little bit of awkwardness to it. Uh, Secondly, I I just didn't see myself as a pastor. I was a youth pastor. I was doing youth ministry and college ministry. I loved that, and um, I I had a and I loved preaching. I was having some chances to preach, and I enjoyed that. But I just. I didn't really see myself in that role. Why not? You know, I, I don't know. I didn't think, just from a to be frank, that I was really ready for that. Yeah, spiritually ready for that, and and so I was in a great I was in a great church and a great role that I just loved, and, and my wife and I were just truly just super comfortable. So that was a whole other yeah. thing that we were wrestling with. So that was what was hard about
0: it. What was the tipping point? What did God use as? A, what did He use? To nudge you, what he used to
1: confirm? Was there anything you can remember of? Yeah. You know, I, you know the only, this sounds so churchy and preacher talk. Uh, they contacted us and we said no. Yeah. And uh, it, just, it just never would leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was an 18-month period there without a pastor. We had somebody in the church that we were serving that it was a home builder. He built us a house uh at his cost it was a great deal for us yeah 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 and uh and we couldn't sell our other house and he it finally got to a point where he said i've, I've got to unload this house and everything around us was selling and it was just it was just you know closed doors we yeah we were on vacation i don't forget we we're at the beach and I, I just finally told amy my wife i said i just think god's calling us we just got to do this and so she said, "Let's do it." So we called him and said, "We're we're we're going to do it. We're coming." Yeah. So we drove, we got the boys in the car. We're driving back home, and there's a friend of mine. who's a real estate agent. He's in the driveway, and he sold our house that day. was a lady there. She bought it. Bought it. What we're asking, we closed, and and we're just here. And I, you know, I'm not trying to be hyper spiritual. That's not the point. It was just we. It just kind of got to a place where God just had to just yeah. almost write it in the sky, yeah, in order yeah. to do it. So. God, God has to do some tangible things yeah. there. I wish I was more courageous than that, but I, that's <laughs>
0: really what happened. I love it. Well, you've been here almost fifteen years now, right? Yeah. Give me, give me a defining day in the last third of this. So, last five years, has there been a defining moment? Has there been something that was? Um, I know we talked about the baptisms uh, last year, 2017. Walk what? us through why, why that was a why that was there and and what that was all about.
1: Yeah, I think for us, just, you know, the the church had grown. It was exciting. But I, I thought we had really started getting really complacent. I don't, I, you know, we weren't hungry. I, I'm a, an old athlete, so that language kind of resonates with me. I, I just think as a... The hunger, like yeah, staying just, hungry. Let's stay hungry for a movement of God. Let's stay hungry. That Tom Brady coming back to camp, yeah. ready to do it again. Yeah, even let's though go get this yeah. thing. Because there's a sense that, you know... The, yeah. Places full, we're struggling to park people, all those things. But how can we stay aggressive evangelistically? So just, you know, we. I remember just, you know, throwing something out to our staff. What would it be like for us to to baptize five hundred people in this next year? Just get our people engaged, sharing the gospel. Let's just get let's just get aggressive. And where did that come from? Why? What? Give me the. You know, it was the first time I'd ever done anything like that. Were I you made, pointing it? Were you pointing at Yes, the, I know. Uh, I made fun of you, guys who did stuff. You called like the that. shot. Yeah, next you want a plane, right? Yeah, I totally make fun of guys who did that, but it it just—I really think it was a spirit-led thing. I'm sure it was to me, and you know, and and our staff just responded, and and I think we we saw some really—I mean, some amazing stories of folks who were coming to faith in Christ Mm -hmm. and then engaging their friends. So many stories of high school students that were born again and then, you know, sharing Christ with their parents. Uh, sharing Christ with, you know, with classmates. And, you know, there was, I, I think we saw just a really nice movement of God. I was, it was it was exciting to sit back and see that, you know. So there were 540-some-odd people that were baptized last year, and we, that had, we'd never come close to that. And so that was an exciting kind of point. Do you
0: have a handle on how many of those were adults, that
1: 547? Yeah, yeah. the... You know probably we we think 30 to 40 percent of those were or a lot of the yeah. rest of our high school and middle school yeah. ministry really took um, a good percentage of those as well yeah so, um, which was very it was an exciting thing for us and I think it was something that kind of got it got our you know it took us out of kind of a complacent sort of mm-hmm. sort of spot that I think we'd gotten into
0: um, is there a favorite story in in one of those baptisms I know there' I know 547 let's you know that's a that's eternal celebration on every level is there is there one moment <laughs> yeah. is there a story in that that
1: yeah I, we were talking about this a, a little bit before, so today is you know we just finished Bible school for the week about an hour ago game over, yeah, game over so and yeah, so I'm sitting in the sanctuary for the opening kind of time, and the music's playing, and you know people are up there. Dancing and it's exciting, and I see a guy up there who's leading one of our groups. You know, it's like a third grade boys' class. He's leading it. Oh, I know this guy. I mean, he his wife came to faith in Christ, uh, and he was very angry. And so he comes into my office. He's a big dude, man. You know, and he's mad. Uh, he is, you know, talking about we're brainwashing his wife and all this stuff he's an atheist long story short he comes to faith in christ it's been an amazing journey to see what's happened in his life he, he happens to be a surgeon here in town which um you know kind of is what it is and so he takes off to lead bible school this week and so he you know he shuts his practice down in the morning so he can be here and teach these boys and talk about what god's done in his life and for me, I sat back, and it was kind of one of those overwhelming moments because that's really, you know, who we want to be, and I'm sure so many churches we want to we want to challenge men. That's a big part of who we are. It's one of our one of our values yeah. here, right? Yeah, one it's is. one of our values for sure. And that was for me. A, that was a great moment to really celebrate and see that happen. A guy who did not know the Lord now is walking closely with the Lord and serve. And so much it's impacting, it's impacting his bottom line financially. Yeah, you know, yeah. Shutting his practice down to work in Bible school. I mean, who does that? So that was an exciting By the way, I have
0: a third grade boy <laughs> Yeah, who's probably impacted by that. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's it's amazing to see just that moment is is really, it's kind of a home run moment for us, yeah. right? This is kind of a one of those moments where this is what we live
1: for, right? Yeah, yeah exactly I mean that was really one of those that you get to sit back and just praise God and thank Him for yeah, that Yeah, for sure
0: now I know that comes out you said the words challenging men I know that comes out of one of the values for a new vision right? Yeah. challenging men set up these values and that was that was kind of value it was value number five or number six on, on a list and you know, living practically there's some of those that kind of really made sense and then all of a sudden there's this one challenging men and I knew when that was rolled out there was kind of a, a moment with the staff of, you know, can we really have this as a value? Can we really isolate men? Mm -hmm. You know, talk to me about the conviction in that moment,
1: you know, and then tie tie it back. What, you
0: know, we've all said now we see this, the result of this.
1: Well, and and there's not anything that I'm going to say that's new or original, but you know, if we want to really, I want us to be strategic in what we're doing. And, and there's nothing more strategic than reaching men because of their ability to influence their family. They're the ones that they are going to shape their family. Their yeah. family is going to rise or fall on a men's leadership. That's offensive to some people. It's not to me because some of our ladies push back on that. And what I was saying to them is everything you want as a This was in a meeting with yeah, staff, staff, right? These are staff yeah. uh, ladies. Everything you want as a from a husband from a father, you're going to get that if this guy yielded and surrendered to Christ. Yeah. And so if, if, if we can do that, if we can just make that a focus unapologetically, you know, um, that's what I want to go after. And, and I grew up, you know, man, I grew up in church, but my memories of, for instance, of Bible school is always Miss Sharon Jean, who's my Bible yeah, school teacher, yeah. you know, Wednesday night. I, I think about it, you know, we we were doing RAs. If you don't come out of Baptist life, that's like super weird. Royal ambassadors. Yeah, man. among many things we have that are weird, but I have all the lad, lad, cage, <laughs> <laughs> I got the
0: books, man. But, I got an RA basketball certificate. Listen to this. Uh, a few years ago, my mom wrapped up this framed this frame thing, and she's like, "I was going through some stuff, Brian. I just want you to have this. It feels like it was so much a part of your childhood <laughs> that I want you." I unwrap, and it is a RA basketball participation That's certificate. That's awesome. That's really strong. Yeah. yeah, we went to state and lost, and so, yeah. but there was a you
1: know, but well, you were in the fight though. Yeah, There's a lot to be said for that. And we are, but we are royal ambassadors <laughs> yeah. in the fight. But you know what's funny about that is my RA teachers were women. Yeah, 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 yeah. Something's missing here. But my coaches were all men. Yeah, and yeah. You know, so I just, I don't know, as a young guy, it just kind of, it was like a dude does this and ladies do yeah, this. Yeah. And, and so, you know, church it can be a place that if we're not careful, it, it becomes a bit effeminate, uh, yeah, you know. Yeah. And, and I, I think for us here, how do we challenge men and not just, because I think you can say some things that are just stupid when you're trying to do that and just, you know, get out of bounds with it. But yeah, yeah. Just a place to try to challenge men, you know, and see the results of that. And it's hard work, you know, it really is. Well, reaching men, it's just tough. Reaching guys are tough, you know. I mean, I lead a small group in the morning with some guys and they're, you know, it's, it's their schedules, just a lot of other things take priority in their life, you know. And so it's a, it's a challenge. I have this personal conviction. I think, I think women just, you know they can kind of they warm up to the heart of God perhaps easier in some ways. You just see that. I mean, they and, and guys, it's at times it's 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 tougher. It can be a bit more challenging.
0: Uh, have we age. have we not had good models? You think? I mean, is it, is this a generational thing where we've never had good models? Of the generation before us, or and I don't, I don't want to you know kind of be that. Well, it might you know, my is my parents' fault. It's their fault. Yeah, no, but I but don't. that thought that. What do we really know how it looks to yeah. be yeah. a man leading in a, in an appropriate way that's that's healthy and Christ honoring
1: yes. I, I think that's I think what you said is there. I think that's there. I I think but I had a great dad who yeah. who yeah. loved Jesus and, and I had there were great models in the church. My dad
0: still calls me every Wednesday morning, texts me. Yeah. yeah.
1: out a boy. Just you know. But I, I my personal belief is, you know, so many of um uh, you know, when you're, I I raised two boys. I mean, boys just, they just love adventure. They love challenge. Mm -hmm. I mean, if it's, if it's slightly dangerous, they're, they're in. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think it, I think it starts with just our, just our theology. I think we've just sort of brought God down to this domesticated state that's tame and understandable and controllable. And I think guys are bored. Yeah. To a certain extent. And that is a far cry from the nature of our God. And so I think when, when guys begin to see God for who he is, or just a a greater glimpse of that, I think that's what stirs them. Hmm. You know. How do we how does that look here around New Vision? How do we do that
0: in this context? What is challenging men, the value of that translate to real practically in ministry? Give some give some examples. So I'm, there may be a pastor leaning in going, Hey, I love that, I agree with that, but what does that really look like?
1: Yeah, well I think the first thing that I love to fish, so and this is this I'll I'll try to bring this back around. What you fish? So, I fish, man. I love right. to fish. So, I mean, the more lines you got in the water, the better chance you, you have <laughs> to get bit. So, you know, for us the first thing you have to do is you have to get an audience with them. Yeah, you know. And so if if I can there is a I think there's a misunderstanding that guys won't open up. I, I that's wrong. They will. But you just have to get them in an environment just for a moment. T- to be honest, I mean, they're I think in many cases they they're quicker than women, you know, to open Mm -hmm. up if they can get in this safe environment. But I think you have to have, you know, multiple, multiple lines in the water. You know, we got guys, right. One of our staff members was telling me today that a guy that he's been disconnected from for a year, he's called, he hadn't reached out. We, We do kickball in the summer for about a six week kickball deals is uh, maybe goofy for some folks but he was there last night It's the first time he's seen him so he had a chance to kind of hang out with him and visit with him and sort of get him re-engaged try to get him yeah. re-engaged uh guys schedule man it's it's tough but you know for instance my group is at six thirty on tuesday morning because most of the guys that i know i mean they work and then in the afternoon they're coaching their son's ball team or they're just scattered they're going a hundred yeah. different directions so we got to be creative i think about trying to put them in an environment to just sit with them and be able to introduce them and find out where they're stuck.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah.
1: Um, and then let God what, meet them there. What do you mean by that? Find out where they're stuck. Mean- well, I think every man has got something going on in their life right now. It's a false belief. It's a, it's a pain. It's a hurt. It's, it's something that they're stuck mm-hmm. and it's impacting their worship. It's impacting their marriage. It's impacting their spiritual journey. And they don't really have a safe environment to necessarily talk about, uh, to talk about that, you know? And so, but if you can, you know, create those environments and guys open up, I mean, it can be, it can be crazy good. But is that, is that, I still don't picture that just being another small group.
0: It feels like that's, that looks a little different.
1: Yeah. We just make every one of our staff members have you know every guy have two or three guys are meeting with once a week. It's just kind of a big part of who we are.
0: So. Wait, wait, every staff member, it's a guy. Yeah, meets with
1: two or three guys, yeah. and that's that's leading two or three guys. Yeah, what does that mean? They're looking with they're looking for some guys, you know, um, looking for a Timothy in their life to be, you know. Probably biblically accurate, but some guys that, that God's kind of placed in their life that they're gonna just grab and spend the next year just yeah. studying the Word. And we we've put together some some things that we want them to kind of go over with with a system, a little bit of a systematic discipleship plan. But realizing that discipleship doesn't just happen in a manual; it's just it's just life yeah. on life. But no more than three yeah. of those guys. So we ask all of them to do that. You know, that's a non negotiable here. If you're gonna work here, you're gonna have three guys that you're just meeting with every single week. And uh, we we keep track of that. I mean, how I mean, do you stay accountable for that? Is that well, we've got a guy, uh, one of our staff members. That's what that's part of his job. Is he takes role. and so I see it every single week. And so um, that may be a little hard line for some of our some folks. But you know, if we don't do that, it's just a good idea that turns yeah. into nothing.
0: Well, and that value is driving that too, right? Yeah. That's that's living that value of challenging yeah. men out.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it sounds good unless we're really doing something with it. But yeah. what's been neat is some of those guys now, I, I just yesterday I was in a conversation, uh, one of the guys on our staff, uh, two of the guys he's been meeting with the, with the, for a year, now they've got some guys that they're really walking through. And that, that's what you want. I mean, everybody yeah. gets at that multiplication deal. But what I find is if you can put those guys in that environment, two or three people, over a period of time where they feel safe, they will tell you where they're stuck. Hmm. And then... That's where they can really start to have some freedom as we start to apply the truth of Scripture to that. And it's amazing how they start encouraging each other, you know. I mean, just being in a group text with the three guys, a lot of times I don't even have to, you know, I'm in a meeting. I can't even jump out of it, and they're encouraging each other, speaking truth into each other's life. And that's, to me, that's where it's at, you know. Um, I love seeing that happen seems like that
0: brings value to the other things you have to do as a pastor right as the other things you have to do as a staff member sometimes i see i see and have experienced personally myself on church staff you can kind of lose your moorings if you don't have that connection
1: back to this is what it's all about yeah totally and i think you know as a church grows larger and, and there are a lot of things that that, that that's been one of the, it's a huge struggle in any pastor's life, I meet with guys a lot that talk about that. I mean, because you can, it can just be overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Just getting Sunday done, right? Yeah. Just got to get through next Sunday. But I tell people that's not something I dread. I, I long for it. I look forward to it because it encourages me. It's real. It's why I got in this game, anyways. Yeah. You know, it's it's just this raw, pure, you know, life on life, yeah. just real stuff that. It just it kind of supercharges my faith. Probably does more for me than for those guys. But
0: well, that's in, the, in that when we're obedient, isn't that what happens? Like, yeah. Um,
1: but I just want it to be a discipline that's really lived out in my life for the rest of my days. I mean, you know, where I, I want, I want that. I want all of our guys to have yeah. that. That are that are on staff. So for
0: sure. Now, just get nuts and bolts practical. Do you do you like at the end of a year switch it up, or do you just kind of let each of the each of the groups? or each of the staff guys kind of go at their own pace, go a couple of years, three years. How, I guess what I'm asking is, Hey, how do you keep from getting in a rut, right? Yeah. Where, where you kind of, you lose the productivity out of it. Yeah. Uh, and how do you keep it fresh as
1: far as like making sure that yeah. it still has meaning? Yeah, that's a good question. So what we we're trying to remind all of our folks is just to keep that in front of them, that we want those guys to find somebody that, mm. you know, that they're meeting with. Now that, that doesn't always happen, uh, but we want to stay with them until it does. And then when guys start are starting to meet with other guys, they don't they may not have the time. But just once a month, we're going to get together yeah. with that first core group of guys get together. So th- like this Friday, my guys were coming over for dinner. They're going to be at the house. We're just going to grill out and hang out because we're that first core group of guys. They're meeting with some other guys, so they don't have time to get back together. But it feels good occasionally just to get together and sort of reconnect. Yeah. So. That's sort of what we cast. And that's not a small group, right? That's no, just this no. group of guys. I just no. want to make that clear that yeah, I'm in a small group on Wednesday night. I think a path, if, for us groups are just huge. Yeah, we we yeah. we're about it. So I I'm in a group on Wednesday night, but this is different, you know. This it's hard not, to be in a group as as the pastor, huh? Um, yeah. Do you yes, lead the group? I do, but it's uh it's guys most of the guys that are in the group that I lead are guys that um, some of them don't go to church here, or yeah. just starting yeah. to. They're guys that I've just met through other avenues in my yeah. life, and so that makes it a little bit easier. Wait, there's other avenues in your life? <laughs> yeah, for me. Yes. Wait, what? Yeah, I but, didn't think that was possible. No, man, no. Uh, yeah.
0: Where, where are some as 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 a senior pastor? And listen, fast growing church up and to the right. God's doing a great work. It's easily justifiable to say, well, you know, this is where you know I you know I need to be here but I sense that you're being very intentional about not getting stuck in a rut of only having relationships within the context of the church. You're saying you're meeting people in other areas. Yeah. What are some of the things you do to keep, to stay, to stay focused on that? Or, or is there a practice there that you can share? Yeah.
1: Well, one of the things that my wife and I have done is as our, you know, our boys, my, my youngest son is it just turned 19 today, actually. So, you know, as he just came up and was playing ball, we we just you know the teams, his team, you know, we we just took those uh, parents, you know, and that was those were our relationships. We tried mm. to invest. My, my wife, her her group that she leads, she leads it in our in our house. It's about fifteen ladies. Every single one of them comes out of that. They're not most of them don't even go to church here. and mm. some of them do now, but they're all just moms that yeah she was around anyways through through yeah, ball yeah yeah and that's really what my group has has become, uh, just the guys that I've gotten to know through that. But the other thing, I, I'm there's a it's not just what you do. I think it's what you don't do as a pastor. Okay. And I think everybody's got to find that rhythm. I'm not. Uh, this this is not to be critical of anything. It's just my rhythm. I'm not political in a sense that I'm I'm really not involved in what happens in our convention very much. Mm-hmm. And, and people take shots at me about that, but.
0: Like not being more denominationally yeah, involved, not yeah, being all in. Which on Which I, I think
1: that's great. I just that's not something that that's not really who I am. Yeah. Uh, I, I you know we have limited time. You know I want to be here and be around these guys that kind of God's placed in my life. You know, Um, that's an important important thing for me. I I don't. I'm not one of those guys that's looking to to travel or speak or write which mm. a lot of guys do that and i think that's a great thing yeah. if that's what god's yeah. called you to do that is yeah. a great thing if god's given you a ministry to a broader context yeah. i think it's great but that's not who i am yeah i'm a local church guy that's what i love it's and I'm, and, um, you know that that's how i really feel like god's called me to kind of live this thing out for mm. me that just works for me so i i don't have a lot of the other stuff that maybe some so
0: that creates be, time, I guess. Is yeah, what you're gives saying you some there. margin. Yeah, gives you some margin to actually be involved yeah. in other people's yeah. lives and yeah, not just running the church. Yeah. What's yeah. different about a five thousand person church attendance than a two thousand person church? I mean, how long ago was it that New Vision was was busting two thousand and that was exciting? And yeah, um, has it been?
1: Yeah, it's you know I don't know seven eight years ago yeah. maybe. Um,
0: What what do you see as one one big characteristic difference of the things you have to deal with today as a pastor that you didn't deal with then? Well, it's
1: a lot easier to pastor this size church. Why? uh, Because of staff. Okay. Uh, And, you know, if you you become more of a specialist in this size church and focus on what it is that you're really called and equipped to do. And so I don't don't do as many things as I, I used to do. Yeah. You know, so that... You know, helps me. That's an it's an easier thing. The, the other thing is the, vo- you know, they're always going to be critics. They're always going to be those difficult people mm-hmm. in our church. That's just a part of it. You know, it's because there's people. Yes. Yeah. But their voice is not as big. Here. Okay. So you know, okay. in the early days when and when people were critical, taking shots, and and they influenced a lot of folks. Now now, you know, a lot of times those folks that are upset about. This or that, they just don't have as big a big of a voice yeah. to a certain extent, and so you don't necessarily sweat that as maybe as much as I uh, used to. Mm-hmm. You know, I think just as you age, you sort of get, you know, you kind of come into your own, and you're not trying to. You know, when, when I was, you know, early on, I wanted to make, I I was messed up. I wanted to make a name for myself. It was so much about me. My ego was, it was, it was not good. It wasn't healthy. And, and, you know, that was a, took me through a really difficult season in my life for God to really discipline me. And yeah, I was going to ask what was the what was the turn? Where, where did that breakthrough come?
0: And that the shifting from kind of making the name, doing Yeah, it's it's you know, and 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 listen, I I I gotta believe your perspective was in in the at the time felt like there was a biblical spiritual reason for that, right? I mean, you know, you want to have more influence, you know, you can you know do more. So there's there's a there's a heart there that probably was good, but but looking back now, you can see that that needed to change. What was the breakthrough that came through? I think
1: with my wife. I mean, she's a pastor's kid. Her dad was a a pastor. You know, she our, our marriage began to you know as the church began to grow here um, you know, I, I I found, um, I couldn't say no to, to anything. And Mm. I mean, the heart was right. And I was being pulled in a lot of different directions and my family really suffered. I mean, that's a story that's told over and over again. The, the two things that changed. Literally
0: the church was growing and it was affecting your family
1: negatively. Yeah. Just because of my schedule, I couldn't shut things down. I mean, you know, I'm, you know, in a meeting until 9 o'clock at night, then I'm coming home and I'm still on the phone with, a you know, conversations yeah, with yeah. folks kind of tying up loose ends out of that. And my wife is just like, hey, you know, what's going on here? Um,
0: were you were you aware
1: that, that it was having the impact on the family? Or did you think this is a phase? Did you, yeah, I mean, I, what was? Yeah, I think you're, yes, I was aware. I just, in my mind, was sort of justifying it that, you know, this was just going to be a season. We'd get through this and it would mm-hmm. get better, um, you know. There was exciting things happening spiritually, so I was in my mind that was kind of trumping that so I had a
0: young pastor tell me this week that an, uh, a more seasoned pastor told him that if you want to be a good senior pastor, you're gonna to have to spend less time with your
1: family yeah that's that's sad that's um, messed up um, you know my wife finally. You know, we, it, it just about cost us our marriage. Mm -hmm. I'm not embarrassed to say, I mean, I'm sad about that. It's, but we got some help, um, and went to counseling. Yes, I mean, I mean, yes, we
0: say we got some help. That's a good church intensive thing to say. Intensive counseling, but uh, to another pastor who may be at this moment, yeah, what, what did, what did that mean? I mean, there's yeah. a swallow the pride moment, right? There's a lot that goes into a pastor going to a counselor, right?
1: Yeah, and our church was good. They gave me a, a, a they called it a sabbatical. It was yeah. really just a chance for me to get away. I, I went to a counseling center in Colorado for intensive. What intensive means is. You know, you're just meeting with somebody for four or five hours a day or really working on your stuff and it was probably saved our marriage, saved my ministry. Yeah. I got some really healthy biblical counseling that kinda got me centered back up, you know, Good. again.
0: Did you have to throw that flag for the church? Did somebody come to you? I know you say your wife
1: stepped in there and I you know Yeah, I did because I knew I w- it was I was I was unraveling. And mm. I think a lot of guys go through that. I, yeah, I met with yeah. a pastor last week and, and it's, it, it can be overwhelming. And so I finally knew that I was going to lose everything. Mm. And I guess the pain of that, knowing that was greater than the pain of any embarrassment or anything, anything else. So, and the church was, uh, the church was really good to, to help me. Mm. Um, and, um, uh, Was a great friend in ministry. He's now with the Lord. But uh, David Landreth, he grew a great. I mean, God used him in a great church uh, north of Nashville. He he drove out here one day. I never will forget it. I was here in my office, and he just texted me, said, "I'm in the parking lot. Get out here."
0: Probably used some other pastoral words, yeah. yeah.
1: And he, you know, he he saw it and he knew it, and he Mm. told, you know, he encouraged me that I had to get some help or it was, Mm. you know. But I never will forget that. It was. You know, I hope one day that I can be that for somebody else, courageous enough yeah. and caring enough uh, to do that. But, you know, I think that kind of turned the corner for me and I, I, I started doing it a little bit differently and a great assistant. I have a great assistant who pastors have a hard time saying no. You know, yeah, you, you yeah. talk about that. It's like, you know, you just got to learn to say no. Well, what, you know, you get into it because you want to serve people. You have a heart for people. You're sort of wired that way. And, and you know, you want to be available. Everybody wants their pastor to be available. But when you, you know, you make yourself available and you, you're, you're there for 15 minutes and you've just committed to three weddings and, yeah, you know, going yeah. over and seeing a, 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 an aunt and 30 minutes away. Who's, yeah, yeah you know and and you get home and think what in the world just happened yeah yeah like, I, I can't believe that I'm committed to all these things <laughs> but just now having, you've got to have somebody to make those phone calls yeah hey he's not going to not yeah, gonna be able to come yeah yeah that's that's <laughs> bad yeah but that that's what I was talking to a guy last week about that is just having a barrier having yeah. some that sounds bad but having somebody who can protect you who can you know manage your schedule Yeah. Um, just asking people in hallway conversation this has saved me so much in hallway conversations when somebody says hey they ask you to do something just you know could you email me because I'm prone to forget that if you could just email me then I can get back with you well 75% of the time they don't ever send an email
0: yeah because it really wasn't that important right it was just right there it was just in you. the moment and they, yeah 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 by yeah. the way I've been meaning to email you a few things um well so, so let's come back to the the before the after now on kind of going through that breakthrough moment yeah. and how you lead, especially how you lead your family and kind of God bringing healing, um, and some some yeah, change in there. Give, give us a little snap. What I mean, what what was different? What did you do differently? What were those things? Was there a hard moment in there where you had to you face that choice? It doesn't have to be a specific story. Just in, in characterize
1: in general, what did it look like coming back? yeah we tried to make a decision that you know once a month or once every six once every six weeks at, at first that we were going to be out of town for at least two days you meaning my family my okay. wife and i and most of the time my boys and so you know we we have done that and it feels like nobody can get to you there you know mm-hmm. we have a place just uh, that a family member owns that's Two hours away, it's in another state, but it feels like we're in another universe. And we can get away, and you know, because if you go out to dinner a lot of times, and there's somebody there, and they've got you know a a crisis in their life, they want to talk to you about, and you're just there to hang out with your wife and kids, and that that can be tough.
0: You can turn off the phone, but you can't keep people from walking up and saying, yeah.
1: And, and and yeah, that's not a bad thing. I mean,
0: that's no. that's what we're called to. No, it's not. But but our kids don't see it that way. Sometimes, yeah. right? Yeah it's, our, for,
1: yeah, it's a hard thing for. It's a hard thing for them. Uh, You know, you're going out to celebrate their birthday, next thing you know you're in in a conversation with somebody who's just got a diagnosis and
0: yeah. Which it's good stuff to your You gotta go step out and pray and I mean and you get to go step out. Not got to, but
1: you get to. But Yeah, there's I mean there's two tracks that are going there. I mean, one is this is why we're in it, it's important. But then it's it's also a ten year old boy who's like, This is my birthday.
0: Yeah. Ten year old boy's not processing. No, he does. Man, I love that dad's dad's in ministry and having his impact. Uh, He's he's being used of the (laughs) Lord right now. (laughs) Uh, no, that yeah. ten-year-old boy just thinks that oh, there it is again. Yeah, <laughs> oh, there he goes again.
1: We were having dinner at this pizza place one night, and and uh, and, and it happened. You know, there my boys are there. My boys are prone to be a little rebellious, and this family comes up, and I'm in this other conversation. And then all of a sudden, on the they had an old jukebox there, and they're playing an ACDC song, "Back in Black," I think is what they were playing. And my boys had picked it out there, playing that. It was kind of their way to say, "Yeah, here, deal with yeah. me yeah. now." Yeah, you know, yeah.
0: so. Speaking of hair metal bands, you're a fan of hair metal? Is that right? I'm a Def Leppard fan. Big Def fan. Leppard fan, yeah. just Def Leppard, yeah. not all. Well, hair metal.
1: no, I like hair metal for sure, but I'm a, a huge Def Leppard fan. Sermon writing to Def Leppard, is that? No, I can't do that. I'm just kidding. You know, I don't. I don't play the Power am <laughs> and and the Lord's kind of taken that away from me more yeah, and more. Yeah. I think, which is a good thing. Yeah, but. that's funny. Um,
0: I, I I said earlier, New Vision is a is a two campus church. Mm-hmm. But really, there's a third campus that sometimes doesn't show up on the radar screen, and really has had a tremendous amount of impact, and that's the prison, the yeah. prison campus.
1: Yeah,
0: um, I know there's a lot of churches with a prison ministry, right? Which is those hardcore four or five people that never get enough attention,
1: yeah,
0: you know, and, and you know, kind of always complain we're not doing enough, right? Or it's kind of the, the the random visits to the right thing, but but what I've noticed at New Vision is there's there's truly a a a a campus really even a a ministry to prisoners with prisoners and their families can you you give us a little bit of the snapshot the
1: origin of that is that treading on ground we're not supposed to talk about no it would be great if we could say that we had this you know a vision a plan wait the church name is new vision yeah it was named that before i got here so yeah (laughs) And this is so true. The only things that have, the only things that have happened here that have been really great have have just you know it's just been clearly because God did it. Yeah. You know. So this guy shows up. He came to town because he thought he had a job at another church. There was some confusion. Uh, he didn't. So he's here with his wife. Finds out she's pregnant. He just got out of seminary. He's down here and it's a mess. And we're just saying, you know, dude, we'll help you out. So. Uh, we're going to pay rent and and give help you get through this tough stretch and and he's like what was the commitment was it a year was it 2 years I, was it there... it wasn't it was open i don't know how long it how was how long ago to be was honest. this this has been several years ago we we were for sure going to pay some a, a month's worth of rent and help him yeah, get yeah. some expenses anyway so he said well i'm going to just do something for the church to try to you know make that right so whatever so he goes to the jail and is in the parking lot, and he is just uh, praying with families as they come out from visiting their... So just stopping families that are coming out yeah. and praying and with them. and he's praying for them. We didn't ask him to do that. He just felt like, if I'm taking this money, I need to do it. And from that, the the staff invited him in over a course of weeks and months invited him in. he's praying for them but there
0: was no grand plan to no, go in there there's nothing there
1: was no, yeah. it was he just
0: was like hey yeah. you know what i'm just going to go do yeah. what yeah. if i prayed with families
1: yeah he's doing that he's praying with them and he's praying for the staff there and the superintendent comes to faith in Christ he starts going to church here he's you know he is just fired up about the lord uh, the second in command, he comes to faith in Christ. He's like super fired up, and, and this
0: and this this guy just is present and praying and ministering yeah, and, and sharing
1: yeah, the gospel. Yeah, yeah, just caring for them. And we yeah. start, you know, we we end up we gave him, we hired him, we put him on staff. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think I would think so. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you, <laughs> and so we get a ton of credit for that. Yeah, you know, people will tell me in town, well, that's such a great thing you guys do. We didn't do anything. I mean, it's you know, we yeah. helped a guy out with rent one month and then. But it was obvious God yeah, was up to something. Yeah. So that has just blossomed into inmates coming and worshiping here. Uh, you know, we have, there's a baptistry there, Bible studies that are going on throughout the week. So many of our people in, involved in ministry. It's one of the greatest things mm-hmm. we have here in our church. And it, what it didn't come out of a strategic planning meeting. It's yeah. just what God did. And um, you know, so it was pretty. It's still an amazing story. It's yeah. hard to
0: believe. And that, that guy that became the staff guy
1: just got an award this year, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and on all of the prison systems around the country, he was a volunteer of the year. He, so they flew him out to Sacramento and he gets an award. And I'm like, dude, you're really not a volunteer. We pay you. But I didn't want to yeah, mess him up, yeah, you know, yeah. so it was good. But, yeah, it was, God was in it. I mean, I can yeah. tell you so many times that we've sat in meetings and came up of ideas of things we wanted to do. And yeah, there's nothing happening with yeah. that now, but. But God was in
0: that one, huh? I love that. What is, um, what's one area of your church, New Vision here, that needs breakthrough right now?
1: Well, you say one area of your church. Uh, Last time I checked, you...
0: You went here. Well, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I, not, I'm trying to decide whether yeah. or not that's everybody's going to know that oh, I'm sitting sure. here no, I'm with my senior pastor. <laughs> so, because I feel like once that happens, that opens a door for you in, I'm sorry. in my podcast I'm sorry. to really give a critique of my participation. Well, you can just edit that out. <laughs> How does it feel? You know, I know you see me on Sunday mornings. Like you, you know who's there and who's not there, don't you? You know when I'm when I'm away serving a church on a Sunday yeah, morning and yeah, not there.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Even even it even when there's, you know, 5,000 you know, plus people, you still have a general sense of, of who's there and who's not there. Well, sometimes. I know when you're there and when you're not there. Well, because I'm in agreement. Yeah. I'm nodding and I'm laughing. I am laughing at your jokes. So I yeah. know you know when I'm well, not Well, because know what? When you're quiet. a communicator,
1: you like to, to talk to other communicators. They get it. So when I'm struggling, I think you can tell that. So I, like, I need to go to you for a little. Well, I think I remember one time you said something about, you know, you know
0: like when you just work out and you looked over at me. <laughs> it was kind of a dead room that day and I was nodding like yeah. real big. And then you you proceeded to call me out in front yeah, of that
1: everybody. That won't happen again. I'm sorry. What was the okay. question you asked? Okay, So
0: me? for our church, mm-hmm. what's one area? Area that needs breakthrough
1: right now. Uh, groups, one hundred percent. Why? Well, it's a challenge. Uh, we um, we've had a lot of philosophical struggles with that. Yeah. What is a group? How are we going to define that? Um, you know, we're going to have on-campus groups, off-campus groups. Um, we have I mean, we've stay-
0: got the strategy in place, right? We've got all the right words, but we've got the right language.
1: But what's what's going on? I wish I knew. Yeah, yeah. I I think I think um, here's what here's what I think I know, and it's probably the tip of the iceberg. Um, We know about only forty percent of our people who attend worship are connected in a group. Yeah, done the survey, got that. Yeah, data. Yeah, you guys started that. You guys helped us with that. One of the things that we learned from the real time survey. Yeah, I'm not saying this because of you. I think the work that we have done with you guys has helped us really clarify what was there. Yeah. But it just, it just it brought out what was there. It wasn't anything new, but just. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and then it became a kind of a universal language for our staff, which was helpful, super helpful. But the survey showed us some stuff that we, that was ugly, hmm. but we needed to hear it. A lot of our people have tried a group and that's what we found. It wasn't yeah. that they haven't tried a group. They yeah. did. They just didn't have a good experience. Yeah. And so I think as we pull back from that, I think we tried, you know, as we were in a growth stage, we were trying to start so many groups so fast and we didn't have, maybe didn't have the best leaders. And so, you know, if you put a, uh, somebody who's not ready yet and then you have a group of people and they don't have a good experience under that leader, then those people are effective and it's so much harder the next time they're, they're, you know, they're a little gunshot. So that's a part of it. Um. You know, people are, for us, and this is this won't go over well, you know, we've tried to really make a living with off-campus groups. It, it makes sense. I get it. It's cheaper. I mean, we don't have to park them twice. Every reason in the world why it should work, and, and there's more intimacy there. I, all those things. I, I can... You know the argument for off-campus I, I know groups. it. It just has not worked really well, hmm. long-term. What do you mean
0: it's not worked? Give me... Like well, because I feel like there's resonance there. I feel like there's going to be a lot of pastors like,
1: yes, I know that it is. But well, we, we have over 200 groups here. So to say that we 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 have yeah, some yeah. that are working, yeah, 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 yeah. So that's the case. And there are some, you know, my wife would argue her group that meets in our den every single Wednesday is a great group. There's great intimacy. Yeah. I'm talking about overarching, really engaging yeah. a higher percentage of our people. What we're hearing for young from young families especially you know with children it is so hard to carve out another night get my house cleaned up mm-hmm. get the kids to child care you know get them to child yeah. care come back have a group and then you know somebody's going to stay for an extra 30 minutes because they've got something going on i gotta get the kids to go pick them up yeah. get the kids it is tough With yeah sometimes kids. the success
0: of the group actually works against yeah you know the group yeah being successful
1: yeah we have found that you know Young marriages with no kids and empty nesters it works really well yeah um they're at a stage of life that that works. We have not cracked the code with uh, couples with children mm-hmm. with the child care piece has been really an obstacle for us and that's a, a large part of the church right yeah for us it is yeah and we do child care reimbursements you know we open the church and let them come and drop kids off and and so it's challenging so you know we're thinking through again how do we can we make some space here more and more space here what does that look like to try to you know let these people have a chance to engage we have some we have a limited amount of on-campus space here so some of our groups meet just once a month so they let another group have the, the the space you know in those other, or they meet twice a month. Excuse me. So they kind of share the space. Man, we have tried everything in the world uh, to do that, but it's it's been a real struggle. So we need a breakthrough there. Yeah, it's a huge area yeah. for us. One
0: uh, one other thought at the end of this current ministry role, you know, wherever God puts that position down the, down the field, what's that five word phrase you hope kind of characterizes Brady Cooper's run at New Vision Baptist Church?
1: He challenged my dad to love Jesus. I think um, that's where I, I, I'd like for it to end up. You know, if that was said from a from a young man about his father, that somehow God used me in some way to challenge his father to know and love Christ. Um, I'm good with that.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Hey, three more questions. These are three questions I ask everybody. Um, number one, what's one daily or regular habit you practice
1: that keeps you close to the heart of God? You know, um, in the morning, evenings are not good for me. They're all, you know, everybody's busy. I think in the morning, my wife and I carve out some time just to, to try to be together in the morning. And she's a godly girl. So, we talk about what God's doing in our life. It's not every morning, but most mornings. You mm-hmm. know we just that's something that we try to do together just to check in, hear what's going on in her life. Um, that's a chance for us to talk about what we're learning uh what you know how we can pray for each other that day. Sometimes I'll just talk with her about what I've got ahead of me that day. She asks she checks in, and you know she'll text me throughout the day that she's praying for me about mm-hmm. this, so that's a for us, just to get that moment in the morning together, uh, we've got a little sunroom. We sit in, drink our coffee, and and uh, just kind of check in with each other spiritually yeah. and otherwise. It's it's.
0: I mean, what and you know, I know that it looks different every day. Life happens, and some of those things. But in an ideal, on an ideal day, is that a fifteen minute? Is it the length of a cup of coffee? Is it? Yeah, it's probably fifteen know? to twenty minutes. Okay. Yeah. 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 And is there any is there any structure you give to that, or you just be real organic with it?
1: No, I mean I'm I'm reading and studying something personally, and she is as well. And so, you know, it's more or less her telling me kind of what God showed her or is showing her, and me just talking a little bit about what I'm yeah. learning and what I'm challenged with that day, or together what we're challenged with and our family or whatnot. So when did that start? You know, I think after I kind of got back from counseling, I I, I just found that. Our schedules were so tough. We just weren't having any kind of consistent time together, and that just worked better for us. Yeah, you know, so we sort of got into that routine. And was that tough with kids in the house? Did you have to work around that? For well, just for that being trip? up before. Yeah, we had to get up before they got up, and still, you know, we're. You know, we just we have one left who's nineteen, but you know we still are up before he's up, and that's yeah. the only way.
0: That's you know, not too hard at nineteen, though, right? <laughs> no, no, it's that's not. a little bit easier than it is. That's they, that's right. When they've got to leave for school at six forty-five a.m. and get yeah. up at six, and, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So yeah, six thirty, and then leave at six forty-five, something like that. But, yeah, yeah. So that yeah, we had to had to do that before they got up. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. So that that's what that's what works uh, for us
0: all right, good. Thanks. I think that's, I think that's huge. I think some pastors will be inspired by that and, and, and feel like that's not a, not too high of an obstacle. Yeah. You know, it's not, well, that's not the only thing I'm doing for my spiritual, but it is something that's, that's keeps you close to the heart of God. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I love it. I look forward to it. I I think it's, Mm -hmm. you know, I talk to her about what I'm preaching about there every single week. It seems like she's asking me what I'm preaching on. She's got a verse or two for me that comes to her mind. Usually it's something Beth Moore said about that. It's really it's <laughs> <just> bless <laughs> me. <laughs> Anyhow. I've noticed a pattern in all of our, <laughs> all of our messages recently. Yeah. If there's a Beth Moore quote, Priscilla Shire comes out. <laughs> yeah. That's from my wife. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. But It's good. I love it.
0: Uh, if you go back to your first year of ministry and tell yourself one
1: thing, what would it be? Don't be defensive. Uh, I thought everybody who left the church, every staff member who left, I I took everything personal and just got defensive. Hmm. Uh, And, you know, it cost me a lot. Uh, So if I had it to do over again, just rest, you know, God's in control. um, uh, But isn't that
0: easier when there's about four or 5,000 people than when there's four or 500 or even yeah. 40
1: or 50. Yeah, but I still think it's right. You know, God's sovereign or he's not, you know, so then I don't think it has to do with the size of a church. But you, your point is, this was, you know, it's a good one. But, you know, and uh, I, if, you know, this is a hard thing to say, probably I, of the search team that brought me here 15 years ago, I think there's one family left here. Hmm. And that was so hard for us. Yeah, and it hurt. It it, it would make me angry. It hurt my feelings, and I it, it was really so hard when people left, especially people who had uh, been there at the beginning. And as the church began to grow, it was so it was so it was confusing for me that they would, you know, be leaving when it's going so good. This is what yeah, I, right. this is what I thought you got. This yeah. is what I thought we wanted. But I've come to realize that people want. The church to be the size uh, it was when when they got when they got there they wanted to stay there that's yeah. what drew them that's what attracted them and that's not everybody.
0: Well, I think I, I think you're right there though I think there is there is something to that vision of the church the way it was when they yeah. first fell in love with it
1: yeah. and isn't
0: that our job as as leaders to really paint a picture of the church at the next level yes. and help people fall in love with that because. Yeah. And it's not about growing numerically. It's about when we're making disciples, healthy things grow. When yeah. we're making disciples, the church is going to grow. And if people don't love the future picture of growth, yeah. they're going to fight for the past picture of stagnation and decline.
1: Yeah. We were doing a meet and greet, meet and greet last week. Uh, we just we have a Thursday night service we yeah. started. So we, we invite, just anybody who wants to come hang out? Thursday night. Thursday night, yeah.
0: Why Thursday night? Real quick. We'll
1: we were just story. trying to uh, trying to make room, trying to add, you know, create some more parking space yeah. more than anything else. Any any car we could get on yeah. Thursday night helped yeah. us on Sunday morning. Uh, by the way, I was in Target. Have you heard this story? No. I was in Target a few months ago, right after that service
0: started, and I, I was pushing the cart along. Macy was with me, my fourteen year old daughter, and we were over by the food section, and there was two kind of twenty something year olds talking about a church, and of course, it I, I'm listening for those right. things, so I stopped, and I kind of duck around the next aisle. And and my daughter was like, What are you doing? Mm-hmm. And Stuck. she goes, Are you listening to them talk <laughs> about church? And I was like, Yeah, she was like <sighs> and she just kinda walks off to go yeah. look at something. But they were talking about new vision. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Yeah, you know there's a new Thursday night service now. I never could go on Sunday morning. Yeah. But I feel like I can I you know and so I was like being yeah. I think I told one of your staff members that. If it hasn't come up from I'm not gonna name the staff member right now, but yeah. we'll stop the recording and yeah. I'll tell you who it was so you can yeah. But
1: I'm sorry, so come back Thursday night. Yeah, so the, the she, I'm making my way around the room. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I meet a girl. She went to Moody Bible, so yeah. that gives you a little bit you're of like, who she was. You're hired. Yeah, she's, uh, she's here. She's a, a nurse in town, yeah. and it, it fit her schedule. Yeah, yeah. And she said to me this, and it was, she said, um, you know, I just don't like coming here on the weekends. It kind of stresses me out, but uh, I like Thursday night. It's intimate. And she says, but I just don't want to invite any of my friends because I don't want it to, I don't. I don't want it to grow. Yeah. And I almost didn't believe I heard it. Yeah. I mean it was like that I could not believe I was hearing that. But I think it you know, it gave me a little bit of a a window into kind of where they where people are. So like you said, we have to keep that mission. It's what, I mean the mission and yeah. the vision of making disciples, reaching lost people the gospel has to supersede anything else. Uh but that's the work that's constantly in front of us. Yeah.
0: I think if as 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 pastors if we thought Man, it's our job to help people fall in love with Jesus, yeah. and fall in love with a picture of Jesus' church that's growing, where disciples are made. Yeah, I wonder what some of the friction we experience may, may yeah, that's uh, really good may may come there. Is there one book
1: you consistently recommend or give as a gift? I love Accidental Pharisee. I read this question earlier today. Yeah. Uh, What's Accidental Pharisee? I've never heard that. Uh, accidental Pharisee is a book by Larry Osborne. Uh, You know, I, his point is in it, which is when, you know, when you think about the Pharisees, they started out, these are guys who knew the scripture. These are guys who started out with a love for God. Mm-hmm. And it it devolved into something far, far from a relationship with God. They really thought it was their job to thin the herd. That, I think that's the, the premise of of his book. And I see a lot of that today. Uh, inside the church, especially with some younger guys coming up, you know, I think they think it's their job to thin the herd. Now, again, it's is that tied to a certain type of theology? No, or I, certain, no I'm not I'm jumping. Just kidding. Into I'm just that.
0: kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm trying to bait you with on that one. Yeah. <laughs>
1: no, but and I think we all have that yeah, yeah. Yeah, had that idealistic yeah. thing. I had that at that age. That that's true. But but it to job. survive that age. I yeah, think. Yeah, isn't yeah, yeah. Teach the word. Yeah, yeah. Don't compromise the word. But people are at such different places and it's and it's it's really not my job to it's not my job to thin the herd. Mm. It's and it's not my job to build fences around the law. I think in our denomination we've done a lot of that and it's yeah, yeah. And it's really it's really hurt us. I think it's a great book. I think yeah. it's a helpful book. Well, I appreciate you spending
0: some time with us, yes. you know, the people listening and spending some time with me. It's fun to get to sit down with my pastor. There you go, there and you go. Uh, and not have you tell too many stories back to the <laughs> microphone. Uh, but uh, no, it's fun. Thanks for your time today, and looking forward to seeing some pastors encouraged um, and uh, changed uh, because
1: uh, because of this. So, thanks a lot. Thank you, Brian. I enjoyed it.
0: Thank you for listening to my ministry breakthrough from the Oxano Podcast Network. You can head over to my to join the conversation and access our show notes, including the books or other resources mentioned in this episode. If you enjoy hearing these stories of ministry breakthrough, we would be honored if you would subscribe, rate, and even leave a review on iTunes or your preferred podcast provider. Thanks again for listening.